Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Dallas Mavericks made a trade for Christian Wood last night. I'm going to discuss how that affects the Lakers. So the Dallas Mavericks, according to multiple reports now, sent out Boba Marjanovic, Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, Marquise Chris, and the number 26 pick to the Rockets for Christian Wood. Uh, my initial takeaway when we first got news of it was, well, let's see what parts of the core this is going to cost uh, Dallas. No, Christian Wood's stock is not exactly at its peak right now, but he's certainly a helpful player, a big who can uh, stretch the floor, who is effective in the pick and roll. Um, and if you slot him into the right role, this is somebody who makes a lot of sense for a, a team that is going to be led by Luka Doncic. There are concerns, obviously, about the defense there in Dallas now. Um, I don't think this is the end of their offseason in terms of like key moves that they're going to be looking to make. still think they need like another wing, probably. Everybody needs another ring, wing. But um, if, if you're basically going to go back to some version of the identity that you had with Chris Tapp's Porzingis offensively, then you're going to have to surround Luka and Wood whenever they're out there with the kind of defenders that allow you to survive, especially in their help and, and re- retreat defense that Dallas ran last year. So basketball-wise, I think this makes Dallas better, which obviously affects the Lakers as they try to play catch-up in the West. But market-wise is what really, this is what that where I jumped immediately was, huh, well, that, was a surprisingly low return for Christian Wood. The Lakers, I know, are going to be looking to make trades, plural, this year, I would imagine. This might help. Every transaction window, it's basically everybody kind of twiddling their thumbs, looking at the other teams, waiting for something to move, waiting for that first domino to drop, uh, and then kind of reacting to the market as it as it plays out in front of them. And if the market is being set by this, and, you know, this is always a moving target. All it takes is another trade to reset the uh, the market at a higher point. But if this is setting the market right now, this is manageable. You know, the, the number twenty six pick in this year's draft, um, and in a bunch of expiring contracts, like that's that's very doable in terms of trying to match an asking price on a player of Christian Wood's ilk. So for the Lakers, as they try to get ready to at least move Russ, maybe move THT and maybe uh, Kendrick Nunn and and another first rounder to bring in uh, a little bit more immediate help. Uh, this is this is the kind of deal that for Rob Palinka and the rest of the Lakers front office, they probably look around and say, huh, all right, that's a little bit more workable because now they can go to whichever team that they're talking to and say, yeah, um, I'm not paying significantly more than they just did to do whatever it is that we're trying to do. I just talked in in previous shows about the notion that the Lakers and Hornets might be publicly negotiating right. The Lakers saying that they'll hold on to Russ. The Hornets saying that uh, Kenny Atkinson being hired affects their interest in bringing Gordon Hayward back. That tells me that at least one team is asking about Gordon Hayward and the Hornets are making sure to add some leverage to their side of the negotiations. But if you are trying to make an addition to your team, then it makes a lot of sense to pay attention to the other moves around the league as those asking prices get set over the course of these transaction windows. And look, don't, 
No two ways about it. We are entering into the most busy portion of the year. We're about 10-ish days away from the draft. Um, after the draft, you have free agency. Teams are positioning themselves for both of those things. And this is kind of the time for the Lakers to strike um, as as they try to take that first step in fixing the mistakes that were made last season. I should point out one major difference between the move that the da- that the Dallas Mavericks just made and, and the Houston Rockets just made is with this year's first round pick and uh, you know with with all these executives around the league. Anytime you're trading for a future first rounder, you have to take into account, am I going to be employed long enough to actually use this first rounder? Um, Now, they can always use it as a a future trade chip, and you will see, you know, especially a a pick like the Lakers have that is going to be as far out as 2027. um, That that is going to be something that will probably change hands a few times by the time we actually get to that pick being used. But for executives... Like as they approach the negotiating table, what they're going to say as they make a case as to why that asset is a diminished asset, especially if the Lakers are basically approaching the negotiating table by saying, hey, this is the market as we see it with a first rounder. Here's how we would like to treat this first rounder or how we would like you to see this first rounder. And the other end of the negotiating table is going to say, well, they aren't apples to apples. This is a first rounder that will not convey until <laughs> the, the kid that we're talking about here is probably in like middle school right now. So no, we are, we are not going to trade or turn or see, sorry, this, this pick in the same way that we see the, the pick that the Dallas Mavericks just sent to Houston. Um, all that said, I still think that as you would basically be gambling on the Lakers organization, figuring it out, after LeBron James is gone, that is one of the more kind of surefire gambles that you can make in the league right now. And that is going to be how everybody around the league is going to see that pick. So even if you don't think you're going to be using that pick, uh, I do think that you can basically, whenever you, if you decide to move said pick, you can approach whatever team you're talking to and saying, Hey, you see those guys over there? Kurt Rambis, Phil Jackson again, magic. Yeah. I Seems like a good idea to bet that they don't figure it out after LeBron is gone. On a lighter note, that is not the <laughs> ins and outs of negotiations. Um, I just want to point you guys and maybe chuckle a little bit at the news cycle that we just saw over social media over the last few days or so. So first, we had Anthony Davis's infamous clip where he said that he did not or has not touched a basketball in multiple months. Um, everybody freaked out about it, said, what are you doing? You just shot too horribly last season. That is not the approach we would like to see from a cornerstone of the franchise and likely the cornerstone of the franchise moving forward after LeBron is done. Um, so everybody freaks out. Then LeBron takes that opportunity um, I don't think there's any direct correlation here, but the timing was hilarious. LeBron tweets out, look how hard I'm working. No days off, basically, kind of a thing. And Everybody says, see, see, he's doing it, and he's way older than you, <laughs> Anthony. So you get that kind of back and forth. 
And eventually you arrive at a place where, of course, Anthony Davis takes a picture with Lethal Shooter, um, the the kind of internet celebrity shooting coach, which is certainly a combination of words to say in 2022. Uh, He takes a picture with him saying, oh, yep, all right, back in the gym, or (laughs) nice to get a good workout in, or whatever it was. Um, That's funny. And, you know, surely the, the one... I, I am I willing to say that the LeBron's tweet or Instagram post had anything to do with Anthony Davis? Not necessarily. Am I willing to say that Anthony Davis saw the reaction to him saying he hasn't touched a ball in in a couple months, and then just happened to take a picture with Lethal Shooter? That one, yeah, I'll go ahead and say one led to two. And then finally, to wrap up things here, <laughs> you get LeBron saying again on his Instagram. Uh, basically to stop sleeping on Anthony Davis. He can't wait to see AD at full health and and, and at his best again, um, noting you're basically confirming that everybody has heard all of the noise that Lakers fans have made in the last few days, which is just tremendous. And this is the most 2022 news cycle. And you know what? As much as I like to roll my eyes and, and act as if I'm above all of these things, I can't. I, I can't lie. It all made me laugh. So I hope it made you guys laugh as well. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. Make sure you guys check out, uh, Darius wrote an article about the vet men guys from last season and which of them he would like to see back or could see back with the Lakers next year. That was an interesting post that really kind of, you know, puts into perspective how rough an offseason the Lakers had even beyond the Russell Westbrook trade. Um, so that was a, an interesting post there and, uh, I hope y'all check it out. And then, uh, in a little bit, Harrison and I are going to be recording. We'll probably be talking about the new cycle that I just talked about because that's the exact kind of thing that he and I, uh, like to laugh at. And I'm going to offer up a theory on Brian Windhorst's random stance against Golden State's spending and where that might be coming from. So you guys are going to want to check that out. Uh, As normal, Lakers Lounge is going to get a little weird. So until then, until I talk to you guys again, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one. Make sure you guys check out the pressure cooker later tonight for game six.